BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I'm so excited to be re-airing today's episode because since we are currently in the Priscilla era, Sofia Coppola's latest movie inspired by the life of Elvis and Priscilla Presley is now out in theaters. I was so honored back in 2021 to have interviewed the star of the movie, Kaylee Spaney, who plays Priscilla. Way back when, it was actually COVID and we were in lockdown. Kaylee was in her Brooklyn apartment and I was in my apartment in LA. We were internet friends before we got to meet IRL on the show. And she was just such a joy. There are some interviews that honestly feel like home to me, like getting to know someone I feel like I've known my entire life. And Kaylee was exactly that. I am so happy, honestly, over the moon to see her in a leading role right now. I haven't seen the film yet, but I'm so excited. I'm going to see it next week. But I'm even more excited to be bringing you guys this interview today so that you can get to know her like I got to that day. During this time, she was starring in Mayor of Easttown. She had just done Pacific Rim. So she had a lot on her plate. But what I loved most is hearing about how intentional she is in everything that she does and getting to know where she came from and a little bit more of her acting process. I hope you guys love getting to know her as much as I did. And if you haven't seen Priscilla yet, go see it out in theaters. I know she's just going to be a star. So on that note, here's my friend, Kaylee Spaney. Hi. Hi, I'm so excited to see your face. I know. Finally, I feel like we've been distant internet friends and I loved that we were put in touch last week and like actually got to communicate not on the internet. It was awesome. Alana put us in a group chat. Yeah. And I've been, I've been stalking both of you on Instagram for so long now. So I felt so honored to be put in touch and to be on this podcast today. It's my first podcast. That's so exciting for people who are listening who might have followed me for a while. It was little mommy Lonnie who put us in touch and she's the greatest of all time. If you don't follow her, definitely follow her because she's an incredible photographer, incredible artist. And she's just like another girl that we all love and love to spread the love her way to. Where are you calling in from? Where are you? I'm in Brooklyn. I'm my cute little apartment in Brooklyn. So happy to be here. Been living here for like two years and lived in LA before, but yeah, I've got I've I've got a special connection with New York. I love it so much. Are you in LA? I am in LA, but I too was in New York for ten years and like have the oh, yeah? special connection as well. Yeah, it's such a city oh that God. I feel like it becomes a part of you when you live there. Yeah, hook it up. Tell me all the 
the rest, where should I eat? Oh, <laughs> I mean, eat, but in Brooklyn, I love Cafe Mogador. If you haven't been, it's in yes, I just so good. Went. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, if you can fi- somehow find a way to finagle a reservation at Lucali, it is some of yes, the best pizza I've too. ever had. She did it. Oh I, my God, guys, I'm like finagle right, it. I'm like right next door, like five no, minute don't. walk. Walking distance from Lucali. You do? You live yes. by, guys, you live five minutes from Lucali. I mean, thankfully, it's so hard to get in that I have only eaten there like two or three times. But if that wasn't the case, that's exactly what would have been happening. I love that. And I am so jealous. Yeah. Just so jealous. Okay. So you have like my kind of top two spots that I would go to. Cool. Brooklyn. I feel very cool. Yeah. No, you're, you're doing great. You're doing great. I want to go way, way back to your childhood. I want to get to know you a little bit more and get our audience, get to know you a little bit more. Tell us about your upbringing and where you're from originally. I was born in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I was mm-hmm. raised in Springfield, Missouri, Southern Missouri. And my childhood was, was strange. I mean, it was, I think the thing that set me, set me apart from a lot of people is that I actually dropped out of school when I was 13 years old. I just wasn't, I was not, testing was not my thing. And I just could not connect for some reason. And it was a very strange upbringing. And that's something that definitely, obviously, (laughs) don't advise that to young people, (laughs) but it was, it became sort of like this gateway into all these other creative outlets. But I think the really beautiful moments that came out of it were art. And that was sort of my saving grace during my childhood. And I just kind of did everything I could get my hands on in the town that I grew up in there's not a lot of people and there's, there's not a lot going on, but anything that was creative, I was sinking my teeth into, whether it was theater. I was doing tons of theater growing up. I was in a kid's band at the age of 11 and then started doing cross-country road trips to Los Angeles when I turned 15, I think. So yeah, wild childhood. But I think that's, I think what's interesting about Hearing what you said is like, I think being able to really invest your time in the arts and what you love to do must have been a very mature way to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. It was unique in that way. I was also surrounded by adults at the age of 13. And that sort of impacted the way that I socialize with people too. And, and I think it served me in a lot of ways now that I'm in this industry and my days can sometimes be filled with general meetings with producers and, and, you know, people who are significantly older than me. And I've always been drawn to more of mentor relationships than Hmm. friends, friendships, which now I'm trying to work on. Now I'm trying to find a path to connecting with people my own age. I mean, it's always tricky moving to, I moved to, to the largest cities in the country, you know, Los Angeles yeah. and New York. And, and then, you know, trying to navigate friends in this industry has been, it's been interesting. But, you know, I look back and there's so many gifts that came out of my childhood. And I'm really thankful for what acting has given me and the opportunities. I mean, to, to get to travel 
to different parts of the world. And it's hard to expand your mind sometimes in a small town. And I think I wouldn't be who I am without my job. And I'm truly in love with it. And I'm, I'm thankful to say that everything that I have in my life is what I was working for at the age of 11, 13. I'm like right where I've always wanted to be, which I don't think a lot of people can say. So, you know, I'm really proud of myself and I have to remind myself that. So it's good to have these conversations and look back. Earlier, you mentioned that you started to make road trips out to LA. And I'm curious, was that what introduced you to entertainment? How did you make it from Springfield to LA? It was a lot of begging my family to get into a minivan and drive cross country. It's a 25 hour drive from Springfield to Los Angeles. We would usually split it up into three day trips. And I think it was sort of just, I was playing with my kids band at some event and some guy came up to me and gave me his card. He said he knew people in LA that almost signed him when he was in a band at my age. And so I was going to do, I thought I was going into music (laughs) and I set up some, this guy set up some appointments with some managers and agencies. And I mean, thank God I did. I remember the feeling of being in the van and sitting shotgun and going over the hill and seeing the lights of Los Angeles. And like my stomach just dropped and I started tearing up. And it was just this magical, magical moment that I had been waiting my whole adolescence for. And yeah. Yeah. From that moment on, I mean, my life was forever changed, but it did take some time. So I signed up, signed with my agent, my manager. And it was four years after that moment until I booked Pacific Rim. So there was a lot of back and forth trips in the summer during a pilot season. I would go, was that the summer? I don't know. And then tons of self-tapes back in Missouri. And I booked Pacific Rim off of a self-tape when I was 18 years old. And then I had to get a passport and I moved to Australia and China for six months. There was not a, a lot of like gradual entrance into this industry for me. Yeah. It was like a couple of short films that I had done in Missouri, a lot of musical theater. And then I was the female lead in a franchise film, filming in Australia and China. And ever since then, I feel like I haven't really stopped until the pandemic happened. But It was just a total whirlwind. We'll be right back after a quick break. I swear every Halloween it gets freezing. It's like the week before. It could be in the 90s. And we're like, oh, we're going to have a really warm Halloween this season. But of course, the day Halloween weekend rolls around, it drops into the 40s, 50s, and I am so cold. The heater is on. My fleece sweatpants are coming out. And my slippers are coming out. I am such a big slipper person. I like to usually have like an indoor pair and an outdoor pair just so that we don't bring the outside in. But lately, I've been using this one pair that I feel is perfect for both. It has a grip on the bottom. It's made of the most comfy knit terry lining and it's just so light and comfortable. It honestly feels like being in my most comfortable sweater. It's the Sakura Mule Slipper from Vionic. You guys know how much I love Vionic and these slippers are a must have this fall and winter season. I have the wheat color. They're so comfortable and honestly chic with pretty much anything I'm wearing around the house and they're just so plush. 
Also, I love most importantly that they have those grips on the bottom because I feel like when slippers are so close to the ground, it does not feel comfortable on my back when I'm walking around the house all day. But Bionic is widely known for their exclusive Viomotion technology. It's what sets them apart because they actually started making shoes by revolutionizing medical orthotics. And today they continue to use that same ethos to make shoes that make us feel good and energized from the feet all the way up. I want you guys to try it out, and the best part is they offer a 30-day guarantee. You can wear your shoes, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. Get a pair of slippers, get a boot for the fall season. There are so many things that you can try, from shoes for the office to shoes for the pumpkin patch and sneakers to keep you moving. Use my code FRIEND15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. One-time use only. I know you guys will love it. Bionic Shoes, it's wearable well-being for your feet. This episode is sponsored by eBay's Authenticity Guarantee. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, whether you're looking for a head-turning handbag or a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like a gem, or sneakers and streetwear that make every step feel fly, eBay is there making sure the things that we love are authenticated by real experts. Because we all know, there's no better feeling like real. These days, to know for sure you're getting the real deal, go straight to eBay. When you're searching, just look for that blue check mark. That means when you buy that item, you can be confident in knowing that it's going to be authenticated by real experts through a hands-on, detailed inspection. We're talking every stitch, sole, logo, and inch of it. They're making sure it's the real deal. Right now, I am currently on the market for all things white for my wedding next year, and I have been scouring eBay for all the incredible vintage finds that I know will feel special and unique to the big day. And I love knowing that whatever it is that I do get, it's going to be real and a part of fashion history, which means so much to me. So listen, when you are finally ready like me to buy that thing that you love, you have to make sure you're not going to catch a fake. They're everywhere, and it's honestly really tough to tell the difference for yourself. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, it is so easy. Again, just look for that blue check mark and you know it's checked by real experts. Whether they're specialized in sneakers, streetwear, watches, jewelry, or handbags, these are real people who really live for this, just like us. That way, when it hits your doorstep, not only do you know it's real, but that feeling that when you put it on, it's also for real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Now let's get back to the show. I'm sure people who are listening or tuning in maybe have aspirations of acting or getting into entertainment. And I think it's a slow burn until you get that role. I'm wondering what kind of got you through those four years of still refining your craft and still putting yourself out there. Cause I'm sure that I'm sure to an extent it was discouraging being, especially being a teenager, being removed, not being in LA where it all is. What kept you motivated? I was a kid. That was part of it. It was a fun hobby. Mm -hmm. It's so purely like innocent that there's almost an ignorance to it, which is like ignorance is bliss moment. Which is is something that I try to carry with me now today. Mm -hmm. Like even though this is something that yes, now pays my bills. How do I keep coming back to that moment when I was 15 years old and I was spending days on a self-tape and and researching, you know, out of pure love, not knowing if it was ever going to happen for me or if I was ever going to book anything. It was just out of complete joy and catharsis that it gave me. I don't know what I believe in, but there does, it feels something higher power-ish. Yeah. 
you have a dream or an aspiration where, and I'm not like this about really anything else. I have a lot of self-doubt. I can be a bit pessimistic, but when it came to that particular thing, acting, performing, I knew in my gut whether I was it was going to happen in the next year or the next 30 years that it was going to happen for me. And I was going to put every fiber of my being into that. So it's hard to pin down what exactly kept me going. It sounds cliche, but it was just a pure love for. I feel like that higher power feeling, especially when you're working so hard towards something, it feels like you're almost stepping into your purpose. Definitely. Yeah. And that feeling is, it's hard to describe, but when you felt it, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you mentioned Pacific Rim. You were just in the craft as well. And something that really, I think, gravitated me towards you and in learning about you was just how young you are, how many incredible roles you've done, how beautiful the roles that you've chosen are, but then also trying to understand how at 22 years old, you've been able to navigate one of the trickiest industries in the world. How has that been for you? I mean, I think I give a lot of credit to the people around me who have been my support system. And I have a really incredible team and agent and manager. And when I don't see the thing in me, they do, which is, Mm. I think it's really important to have that. Totally. Whoever you're collaborating with, your friends, the people who, like my agent and my manager, they see my art before I send it out. They see all my self-tapes before I send it out. We have those in-depth conversations of, is this role worth it? And that's really hard for me to, it's hard for me to have those conversations because I feel so lucky to just be in this industry at all that I'm like, let me just work all the time. This is just so crazy to be in movies and, and, and TV. Like, this is wild. Like, let me do every job. And they are there to be like, no, let's wait this one out. I think there's something better coming. I think we can be strategic about this which I'm, um, I'm very thankful to have. I think it's so much about your team, like having people that are around you that are supporting you and also seeing the blind spots. I've like in the past year and a half, that's something that I've like leaned into so much more is like, you can't see everything around you all the time. You can't be the person yeah. that does everything when you're building a business, especially when the business is you. So I think that's great feedback that having a team that, that knows you so well and really you're all aligned on the same goal and the same purpose is like, yeah, it's the most amazing feeling to feel that support and know that you're covered. Totally. And I think you also have to, like, you are going to make mistakes and there are going to be slip ups and you kind of just have to do it. And there's, it's like, you have to take it seriously, but not too serious, you know, cause it's, it's just, there's so many factors in this industry. There's so many reasons why you don't get a role. It can be really hard. It can be nasty. It can be, it can really bring you down. And you can, it's so hard not to take it personally because every time you're auditioning or trying to get another job, it's your face, it's your body. It always feels so personal, but yeah, I think that's always been a challenge for me on, on how to, I felt like with this, this, this industry, I sort of had like a death grip on it for so long. And like, this was my only form of happiness or my only form of, it it was my everything. And then I have to sort of back away from it and try to find the 
balance. My friend Carl Glussman, who I did devs with, he sort of like wrote this little pie chart out for me of art and family and friends and hobbies. And I know it sounds so simple, but I always go back to that in my head and that it, it doesn't have to make up all of who you are. You can you can find balance. And I honestly think after that, it sort of makes your work better because there's less pressure on it when you go out and you have experiences and you put equal time to your friends and your family and other things that you love that aren't your source of income. It then makes your art and your projects better. Someone came on the podcast. I think it was Carly Stein. She's the founder of a wellness company actually called Beekeepers Naturals. And she was telling me about you know, why she pivoted into the company that she's in. And she talked about, she sat down one day and she was unhappy. And she wrote down a list of all the things that were around her when she was at the happiest in her life. Mm. And it ended up being kind of like what you were talking about, this pie chart of, you know, an equal balance of family, life, you know, what she's doing when she's the most happiest. And it actually let her kind of build out a game plan for her career and what she wanted for her life. It's kind of like a very logical, written down form of manifesting in my mind. Yeah. But I think it's important to take that inventory sometime. Like I, sometimes, like I love that you had that pie chart in your mind. You can always go back and reference it. And when you feel like you're faltering a little bit, you have something that can kind of get you back into gear. In an interview, I saw you said something that I thought was really, really great. And it was that you don't need to stand out in the entertainment to be successful, but you need to be yourself and embrace. I read that from this interview that you did. And I was like, I love that. It doesn't need to be this like big showy thing. Like, look how I'm standing out. It's more about how can you embrace who you are fully and bring that to your job every day and share that with the world. And I would love to hear a little bit about how you've taken that mindset into the roles that you've worked on up to now. I think it's a challenge for me every single day. So it's, it's funny. That I was like, huh. I wonder what interview or where I was at in my life when I said that. Because that was really, that's really why. I have it saved (laughs) somewhere on my computer. I'll send it to you. But isn't that awesome that you can reflect? I think that's so interesting. And that's kind of why I love this podcast. Like in a decade from now, people can like reflect back and be like, wow, that's the headspace I was in in that moment. Yeah, I mean, I think even more so for you too, because you're doing it so (laughs) consistently, you can have little... Maybe I should do one just by myself, a little podcast. <laughs> I actually tell so many people, no matter what you do for a living, like if you can record yourself talking for 10 minutes a day, almost like this audible journal that you have to always yeah. go back and reference and hear the way you were talking and what was kind of coming to mind. I think it's such a cool introspective experience that you can learn. So from. I love that. I think I'm going to do that. I felt like something shifted whenever I started going into meetings and auditions and I, and I just let my guard down and I just met these people where I was that day and tried to be my truest self and not filter myself as much as possible you know and I I really I truly saw a shift and I started getting more callbacks and it was just a way more rewarding experience to you know get that sort of feedback And it be because I went in there being very mindful of 
be yourself who you are right now. If you've had a crappy day, if you're feeling great about life and something's exciting, like whatever it is to just, you don't have to, I feel like there's always a pressure to cover yourself up or fit into people's boxes, especially when you're auditioning in this industry and to kind of come as this like perfectly wrapped gift and be like, I'm the perfect person for this role and to be part of this project. And I I think it can be unrealistic. And more than anything, people just want to see another human being that's also going through it. Let's do some lightning round questions before we close out. What are you watching right now? I'm watching, well, none none of these things are new, but I finally watched the first season of Succession and I died. My, I died. People listening are jumping in their seats right now because I... I all I do is post succession memes. What? Yeah, there's an Instagram account. There's an Instagram account called no, sorry, a Twitter account called No Context Succession. And it's just like random clippings from the show. It's my favorite show in the world. I haven't I haven't seen something that made me want to physically puke. (laughs) Like I wanted to barf that that first season finale. I was like, I I was wired. I was, yes. you know, like I watched it and I was going to bed and I was just staring at the ceiling. You'll never forget where you were when you watched the season one finale of Succession. And what we're going to be telling our children one day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Where I'm you? so excited for you that you're embarking on this journey yeah. and Very it's the exciting. ride of a lifetime. Yes. I'm also obsessed with Criterion Channel. Do you have that? I don't. Teach me, uh, it's teach a streaming. Me. It's a streaming service called Criterion, and it's all these just some of the best films of cinema history on this one channel. And they spotlight different directors and some very cool films on Criterion. A lot of oldies that are are essential to watch if you're a movie okay. lover. So I would definitely recommend Criterion. Yeah, that's what that's what I've been up to. Love that. What is your number one tip if someone is listening right now and they want to get into entertainment, they want to act, what is the tip for honing in on that craft? Yeah, I think specifically advice for people who aren't from big cities, who are from smaller towns, is that just getting yourself out there, whether it's a Facebook group or putting it in your Instagram stories, just reaching out and trying to find a creative in your town, wherever you're from, because they're out there. There are people like you who are, are want to make things. I think you just just try to put yourself out there as much as possible and and make some sort of content. And I made a like a a reel whenever I was younger, a reel of all the different things that I had done on stage and on screen. I'd only done like two short films, but I put it all together on a reel and I had a package so I could send it out. I mean, that feels like very practical advice, but I think that that's advice that I I would like to have is I was just always messaging people like, hey, you want to make a song? You want to write a song today? Or, hey, I want to film a music video or do you want to make a short film? Or, hey, I'm an actor. Can you put me in something or can I help on this set in any way? And they're there. There's creatives everywhere. So just put yourself out there. Kaylee, I'm so glad that we got to meet. Thank you so much for coming on. So nice. Good. I'm so, so glad nice to see you and finally talk to you. Thank you I so know. much for having me. Anytime. You're really, this, this podcast is so special. Like when I listened to an episode and it was just, it was oddly like calming in a way. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I just felt like I was at a coffee shop with two 
amazing people, you and someone else on the show, just like eavesdropping. I just, it just felt so natural. I'm so glad that I got to be a part of it. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.